I'd like to first start off by thanking everyone that joined us today. I know there's no shortage of way to, ways to spend your time. We're excited and honored that you decided to spend it with us. So very much appreciated. Today's a great webinar that we have. It's actually our third webinar on co-sourcing. Uh, we first talked to Bob Chwanek, our COO at uh, F4 Pines. Um, and we wanted to get his perspective as somebody that's been in the fund administration space for about 10 years now, um, because everybody comes at this a little bit differently. And I think what we'll see throughout the conversation is we all kind of triangulate to many of the same reasons for, for believing in the co-sourcing model. The second webinar that we did was with industry CFO and heavyweight Josh Teresano. Uh, Josh gave us his perspective from the GP side of the equation. And today we have James DeCostanzo uh, with Allview. And to me, he represents the third leg of the triple crown, so to speak. There are three very important pieces to the puzzle here when it comes to co-sourcing, how you define it, how you determine whether it's right for you or not. And, and James is that third leg. So with that, I'd like to uh, introduce you to James. James is the um, head of global growth equity sales at Allview. So maybe James, if you could tell us a little bit about your role at Allview and what we should know about Allview. So any for anyone that's not familiar with the, with the firm, they, they have a good idea of what you guys are all about. Sure, Mike. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And thanks, like Mike mentioned, to everyone for making the time joining today. Mike, I've never been part of a triple crown race, so I'm, I'm really excited uh, to, be, to be doing such in this co-sourcing discussion. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, I'm the head of global growth equity at Allview. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Allview, we're a private capital markets and SaaS provider. And what that we, we really focus on is really for GPs, we automate the full you know, fund like life cycle. So everything from fundraising to deal management to portfolio management, your investor communications, we provide a suite of software that really automates and integrates that those full um, kind of workflows. And underpinning all of that, which will be a big part of the discussion today, is our accounting capabilities too for that you know kind of fund management fund accounting capabilities uh so that in a nutshell is what all of you does my team specifically that i lead um is really focused on gps in the startup emerging and really growth space so here at all of you we kind of split up our our go to markets for the you know for the private capital world into the growth both equity world and then our enterprise approach, right? For kind of the, the titans of the industry, industry, so to speak. But my team really focuses on those, um, you know, those growing and really rapidly emerging managers. Um, and just as a bit of history, before joining all of you, I pretty much kicked off the the pandemic. So I joined in March of 2020, and it's been an exciting and ever changing time to uh, to join the private capital markets uh, industry. Before that, I was at Thomson Reuters, uh, really dealing with information technology, data sales, and the public market for about 20 years. Great, thanks, James. Very much appreciated. And one of the points uh, that you you differentiate in terms of your group is something we'll come back to a little bit later on in terms of what you're seeing with regard to uh, co-sourcing, because I do think it's a bit counterintuitive. But I don't want to spoil anything right now. But that is a, an important distinction that we'll we'll get to later on. So. Mm -hmm. um, 
Allview was one of the first firms in the software space that really, in my opinion, has started openly talking about what co-sourcing is. Um, you've put out uh, some of your own literature, you're jumping on our webinar today, and you seem to have really, as a firm, leaned into this a bit more than some of the other providers that are out there. So from your perspective, how does all of you define uh, what co-sourcing is today? Um, so from our perspective, to me, it kind of answers, or it's a new answer, I should say, to like an age-old question that I think we face all the time from GPs, which is, should I look to bring my administration in-house? Should I self-administer? Self or should I focus on what I do best and leave it to the likes of Four Pines and others to really, you know, administer our funds for us? And so really what co-sourcing is, is it's a new, it's a new option in what was previously, I think, kind of uh, a, a black or white um, kind of question. And co-sourcing is where you can, the GP will own the infrastructure or the technology from all of you, but still have the ability for a fund admin to come into their instance of the software. So traditionally, Mike, as I'm sure you know, when you outsource to an admin, they would administer you on their own set of technology. And so that data or that you know ownership was just a little bit further away Co-sourcing is the ability for the GP to own the technology and actually the fund administrator to come into the GP's version of that technology. So it's it's really like one shared environment. It is one shared environment that both parties have access to, which is a new really kind of development. Yeah, I would agree. And what's interesting from my perspective, I've been in the co-sourcing model for about 10 years now and the reasons there are new reasons to to do it today than there were 10 years ago but what's interesting is the reasons from 10 years ago and we talked about this on one of our prior webinars still remain relevant today so the reasons for doing it continue to to expand um, and evolve over time and very few have fallen off because they've become dated so it's a really interesting um uh, data set as I look at the pros and cons of, of, of co-sourcing. So let me ask you this, you may not know this in particular, but I'm sure there's a trend that you're seeing. Do you have, do you have a sense as to the number of firms that are, that are co-sourcing today? That's probably hard data to get. So maybe shifting the question, if you don't know that, from a trend perspective, are you seeing trends that have developed, say even just from your time uh, at, at all of you starting in March of 2020? Yeah. Uh, so like you said, data points are a little bit hard to, to pin down or have at my fingertips right now. If I had a pretty educated guess right now, probably at all of you, we're in the range of 30 to, to 40 clients that are co-sourcing. But I think what's more interesting, why we said it's such a you know, kind of new development, is a little less than half of those um, probably came on board with us just last year. So again, it, it started, I would say we probably go back to just before I joined all of you in 2019, maybe tail end of 2018, a little bit of a slow adoption to start, but I think there's recent trends 
um, that are really driving the adoption. And part of that is, you know, you had mentioned, you know, that Allview is one of those that kind of supports uh, co-sourcing openly. I would say the same for Four Pines and yourself. You obviously, you know, you're doing this webinar. You have a lot of, you know, um, I would say white papers on it on, on LinkedIn. And it's also been the adoption from not only Four Pines, but as you know, other fund admins that are starting to come around to the idea of, of co-sourcing as well. So I think that, you know, partnership in embracing co-sourcing is what's helping it really ramp up rapidly. Yeah, and I think, you know, anecdotally, the, the way I've described it to folks is we're all swimming upstream together, the GP, the fund administrator, as well as uh, the software, all of you in, the, in, in this case. We're all aligned and the incentives are in the proper direction um, that, that will make all of us successful. So to me, that's one of the big reasons why I think co-sourcing is, is a movement that's here to stay. It's a movement that's gonna to continue to gain traction because we are all aligned. Whereas if, if it's not, sometimes there are competing interests and some competing um, priorities that, that may or may not align with all three of us. So um, it works in the other world. It's, it's clearly documented in the market has been around for a long time now, but I do think this evolution uh, has been a little bit eye-opening for some folks when you start to dig in and, and understand where those, those incentives are across, you know, those three legs. Agreed. Uh, great. So let's talk about uh, co-sourcing and maybe some of the consequences of not doing it. Um, is it a mistake now to not co-source or at least consider co-sourcing in your view? Um, so I don't think it's a mistake to, to not co-source. I think the thing that we've been really big advocates here at Allview is uh, it's a missed opportunity if you don't know about the option. So one of the things that, that you know, we're always you know, paramount in considering is our, our GPs, our prospects, our clients' needs. And I, I really think the, the solution kind of depends on, you know, what the particular requirements are. So as, as long as clients understand, right, as they're kind of deciding whether should we insource, should we look to an administrator, it's really just the missed opportunity if, all of you, myself, my team, my yourself, don't make them educated about this new option in the market. And that is really that hybrid solution like we just talked about, the flexibility of if you're bringing something in-house, right, you're usually doing that because all the data is at your fingertips. You have control of that data. You have real-time access to it. Uh, you might not have the individuals to actually bring a service, you know, in-house and, and be able to, to maintain that in real time. And that's why you would go to an administrator. Co-sourcing gives you the best advantages of both worlds. And that's why you said, like, you know, we are all swimming upstream together. To not at least put that option out there and kind of educate everyone that that is an option to me, that would be the missed opportunity. I don't think there's a mistake in, in, in going co-sourcing or not, but I absolutely you know, want everyone to be educated and aware that this is an option. Yeah, and we, we couldn't agree more. We, we, the conversations that we have 
with with uh, clients and, and prospects really is around what do you need? What are you trying to solve for? What's the end game? And let's talk about what's the best model that fits what your needs are. Because at the end of the day, it's not for everybody, but I think it should be at least part of the equation and evaluate the pros and cons of, of that opportunity so that you know what's out there, you know what your options are, because things evolve over time. And as they evolve, you need to be up to speed or, or current with what the market options are out there. So I think I think that's a great answer. We look at it very similarly as, uh, as a firm. So yeah. let's talk about your experience um, so far in, in, in the co-sourcing world. Um, from your perspective, why do you think, and maybe, maybe let's just keep it um, high level. Yeah. Why are you convinced firms are, are making the move to co-sourcing right now? Um, I, I think the biggest thing, we, we touched on it, but the biggest thing that we hear is ownership of data. And I think as we discuss these things, you know, knowing the role that yourself and Four Pines plays in it, you know, they're still turning to a best-in-class administrator. But sometimes what's lacking, not with Four Pines, but across the industry, is that real-time access to data, right? Whether that's to kind of respond, respond to LPs in a timely fashion, right? Ad hoc queries, whether that's for internal or external stakeholders. But what we hear time and time again is just that real-time access to data. So that by far is the biggest driver that we have. Uh, that is what GPs are talking about. And then, like I said, when we educate them, it's, it's refreshing to know that. Um, I would say another aspect of it, and you touched on this in a few ways, is flexibility. Flexibility means a lot of different things. Um, we have you know, prospects that are coming to us, Mike, because they're, they're considering a, um, an administrator change. Whether that's because you know they made an administration selection when they were launching their first fund and they're kind of evolving strategies or evolving directions, they might be just launching a new fund and consider adding you know a new administrator that specializes in real estate or PE or Europe, right? And then sometimes it's just the the needs of today and the future aren't being matched by that current administrator. It's kind of like a prenup, uh, if I can make a bad analogy. But you know, when you make that selection on an administrator, you don't enter into it thinking you know there might be a chance that we go in a different direction. But what co-sourcing really does is allow you that flexibility because you own the data. So you can either bring more administrators in, and we can entitle that, and they can have you know everyone have access to only what they're supposed to see, or you can completely switch that administrator, or even you know, bring in house. A lot of times now we have uh, clients that are using administrators for certain funds and in, in, uh, different strategies in different locations. And a lot of times now they're using their same co-sourcing environment to actually do some of their SPVs in-house. So flexibility in terms of multi-strat and how they're going to do it is a huge option. Um, and then I think the last driver that I would highlight is just technology, Mike. So like you said, I think the GPs focus on what they do best, which is, you know, servicing their clients, you know, making investment decisions and ultimately returning maximum profits to them. 
core plans and fund administrators do what they do best, which is really administer those funds. And then you leave the technology to someone that's solely focused on technology, staying up to, you know, cutting edge technology, security concerns, and all the enhancements that are needed over time for workflow. So I really look at it as it, it's a perfect kind of tri-party agreement where everyone is laser focused on what they do best. And it's going to really result in the best, you know, LP experience that I can think of. Yeah, it's the, it's the best in class of, of your expertise all coming together in, in the sum of all of that is is what we need to get to to deliver to what are ultimately the the owners of the information which are the investors yeah so so let me ask you this so that that i could agree more with with all of um you know what you're seeing we're seeing a lot of those those sorts of things uh as well yeah. there's a there's a couple others uh as well that you know we won't go into here but for you personally was there a watershed moment where you said my goodness, we need to lead into co-sourcing. I think there's something here that's not being talked about enough in the market. Or was it an accumulation of three, four, five, six things that made you pause and say, you know what, we need to start thinking about co-sourcing a little bit differently. For you personally, what was that moment? Um, well, that's a good question. So I think I'll, I'll we'll look at it two different ways. For me, the uh, the interest from GPs was always there because like we said, it kind of gave them the best of both worlds. I think that portion around flexibility, right? Um, meaning, you know, even asking yourself from a Four Pines perspective, in a co-sourcing model, it does allow the GP a little bit more flexibility to say, if we're not doing what we're supposed to, we can move. So to me, that watershed moment was the interest was always there from the GPs. But when Mike, even yourself and other fund administrators started to realize like, hey, this actually helps us as well. We, we're going to endorse and get on board with this because we actually see that this could lead to fewer you know, queries from the GP coming to us. And we all were in it together. That was really the watershed moment for me. So. That happened in the U.S., I would say, over the last, like we were saying, two years. I even look at what's going on in Europe now, and we're not quite there. I, I think the interest is there, but we're waiting for kind of more fund administrators to adopt that model. But to me, that was the watershed moment, Mike, when, when you started viewing it as equally as an opportunity. That's when I think it really became powerful, and we're talking about that, you know, triple crown or third leg, when they all came together, to me, that was a watershed moment. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. And, and for us, it's interesting. When we first started doing this again, 10, 10 years ago, it was really, if you think about the outsourcing market, the outsourcing market 10 years ago was maybe 35% outsourced. And we our view was, hey, we need to get GPs to start paying attention to what's out there because there's the traditional fund administration model that put everything out of their control after so many years of being able to control that data. And for us, it was a pretty clear uh, idea, though it really wasn't being utilized much in the market of, hey, let's take that data risk, that fund admin risk off the table by saying, hey, you know what, come to us 
and use this software. And if you don't like us, you can get rid of us. And, and we're betting on ourselves. So it goes back to those aligned incentives um, where we're all sort of on the page, same page with regard to execution, with regard to deliverables, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we deal in, 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 our, in our world. All of that made sense to me. But for me, one of the, probably the biggest watershed moment was uh, from the standpoint of, hey, this is here to stay, is we started to see the smaller firms become interested in the co-sourcing model. They had a very forward-looking approach to data, a forward-looking approach to technology that maybe hasn't always been here in, uh, in the industries, as you know. I think we've yeah. been challenged a little bit from a technology perspective, but for me, that was a moment where, hey, this co-sourcing model is here to stay. We now need to get out and start educating folks about the pros and cons of it to see if it's a fit for them. So it's it's been an interesting journey to say the least. Um, and uh, and it's, 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 I think it's one here to stay, one that we're leading into because we as a firm strongly believe in it. Yeah, I, th I think what you said too with that one point about, you know, it, it kind of makes you sit up straighter in your chair or it, from the fund administrator perspective, as well as from the technology perspective, it shows that there's skin in the game on both sides to the GP. Yep. And I think that's something, at least in my experience with, with clients, that's been really well received. Yep, great. So there's a couple of things that you've touched on uh, already, but I want to I want to lead into it a, a little bit more and throw a little sure. more nuance around the, the conversation. You know, we believe we've we've seen some growth in emerging manager firms take the lead on co-sourcing to uh, to a certain degree, and to me that's a little bit counterintuitive because all of my co-sourcing, not all of them, but substantially all of the co-sourcing engagements that I've worked on have essentially been my largest clients. But yeah. what we're seeing is a market now that is being embraced by some of the smaller folks. Tell me a little bit about what, what are your thoughts around this? What do you think's going on here? Why are they leading into technology more than say some of the larger firms? Any, any nuance that you can throw in there, I think would be great. Sure. So I, I you know, just some of speaking to my own experience and it's going to be to a sample set. So, you know, I, I think it's starting to play out from what we're hearing across the industry, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask your feedback as well. The first thing with, with kind of emerging firms is that, you know, we talked about this earlier, but they're going to look usually to outsource because not, it's not always easy or possible, especially with kind of all the movement now, you know, kind of CFO and controller level is, do you want to bring that technology in-house? I think you want the benefits of the technology, which includes you know, a fully branded portal, access to the data that we were talking about. So that's a really nice appealing, hey, that's going to be useful today, as well as, you know, I have growth plans. I'm going to need that in the future. But the problem is, do you have the ability to actually bring a technology in-house and have people that support it and actually use it? And that's when I think you see at the emerging level, at least the success that we've seen is, it's a perfect combination, an administrator that's going to come in and still kind of 
you know, administer the funds, which is exactly what we needed. You kind of de-risk that, okay, am I going to have a single point of failure on people or personnel? And then at the same time, you have that best-in-class technology. So I just think that's been because of the people aspect of it and the ability for a fund administrator like yourself to kind of scale with, I think that's been the big combination that's really helped us at the emerging level is people and technology. Yeah, so it's interesting. I have, I agree with those. I have a slightly different perspective on this as well, but it all kind of uh, aligns as the market evolves because really what we're talking about here is the evolution of this market from education to the number of people that are using the model, to the types of GPs that are using the model. We're sort of institutionalizing here every day as, as we move into the future. But anytime that we ever talk about co-sourcing, folks look at it and say, my goodness, that sounds fantastic. How do I do that? And oh, by the way, I'm very worried about cost here. Um, I think the market from a cost perspective has evolved such that emerging managers can now consider it because the the pricing schemes and, and what comes out of the box today is a bit different than five years ago than than 10 years ago so because of it because of that it's now a real conversation about the pros and cons of spending money because as you know with emerging managers they're very very tightly managed they're very cost conscious and they want to make sure that the roi is there on the dollars they're spending because they only have so many dollars to spend. So yep. the the evolution of that pricing matrix, I think has been a real um, differentiator with regard to emerging managers considering the co-sourcing model. Because of that, we're seeing a lot more folks that are interested that maybe a few years ago would, wouldn't have been interested in, in it. Yeah, correct. Um, and I would probably say from both of our sides, exactly as you're saying, on the all view side for our technology, we've certainly put together specifically with, you know, uh, the growth equity team, a standard kind of out of the box or let's say foundational solution that includes like implementation and, you know, what, what you need to get up and running, which is at a more attractive kind of price point and consideration for emerging managers. And I know that, you know, when we work with administrators many times they'll take into consideration that a technology is being delivered elsewhere and we'll take that into their cost model as well so i do think while the cost is different it, it's it's not to the point where one would expect for the benefits of co-sourcing great so we are close to the end here we do have a couple of questions i want to sure. get to and then and then um james we'll give you one last opportunity to if there's anything else that we haven't covered that that you want to get out there we'll give you that opportunity as well so the sure. first question is from a gp perspective owning the technology adds responsibilities and costs that sometimes are the responsibility of the administrator what are the cost differences to the gp of the two models and then with the co-sourcing model what are your comments about a gp insourcing when they have outsourced or outsourcing or having their staff lifted out when they perform the work internally. There's there's a lot there. So let's maybe focus on that, that first one. From a GP perspective. Um, yeah. So from a G yeah. Yeah. Okay, so from yeah. a GP perspective, I think we kind of just touched on this, but I guess just to get, you know, uh, more specific with it, 
especially on the emerging side. So Allview has uh, a bundled offering around fund accounting and investor portal uh, with implementation included. So the price point in and of itself is, is, you know, I would say more attainable. There is a separate cost for um, fund administrators, but many, including, you know, conversations that we have will take into consideration okay, we're, we're not using our technology, we're using someone else's. So there is economies of scale. While there's two different kind of uh, contracts that you'll have to sign for the software as well as for the administration, uh, there is a partnership with everyone that, you know, from an, a technology perspective that we work with. And, and Mike, we have worked through situations like this. Well, while it's two separate contracts, I do say that we approach it as one solution and like you say, a, a, a tri-party or, you know, a three-legged solution. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I would add um, just a little bit more nuance to that. It is more expensive um, to be in a co-sourcing relationship. But the way I look at that is that's sort of that insurance premium that you have to have access to the data and to have downside protection against moving data if for some reason your fund administrator didn't, didn't work out. It's a cost that sometimes isn't appreciated until you need it. But there is a little bit of a difference there. Um, right. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's see. A uh, couple other questions. It appears that co-sourcing can't protect us from uh, the high transfer costs of moving from one admin to another. Absolutely, 100%. I talk about this is uh, a lot. It's as easy as turning off fund administrator A on Friday, turning on fund administrator B on Monday if you want to switch. Now, practically speaking, it's a bit more than that, but that's really, truly how easy it is to switch from one to the other. In, in, in the big savings areas, you don't have to migrate data again, and that's important in, in our view. Um, here's another question, James, for you. Yeah. What reasons do GPs typically choose not to co-source? Is it just cost, or is there another reason for folks not doing that? So, so cost is one of them, but honestly, the the biggest reason, and it's kind of, I think this is always at the the heart of of change, is, you know, there is to be fully transparent, there is an effort to to migrate wherever your data source is now to migrate onto a solution, right, to get your data into uh, a technology as well as with an administrator. The point is. Many times when we're talking to prospects, they're talking to us for that very reason. They're launching a fund. They, you know, it's it's too manual what they're doing right now. And what we always say is, while it will take a little time and effort, it's never going to be easier to make a change than it is right now. Your amount of data is going to grow. Complexity is going to grow. Investors are likely going to grow. And so there is a bit of effort involved, but the long-term reward of it, it has, has always been worth it. Um, so that is the number one reason. It's just, you know what, let me get past this fund launch. Let me get, you know, past this fundraising. It's audit season. It's reporting season. Again, all those things get easier, I think, as you have kind of this solution in place. Great. So... As everybody could see, we have a lot to say at the topic. We could go another 30 minutes. We're already two minutes over. So with that, James, any any uh, party words you want to leave um, uh, everyone with? Uh, 
really just thanking everyone again for the time. And I think, you know, it, this is one of the things, if you follow Mike on LinkedIn and Four Pines, as well as all of you, we've been really passionate about co-sourcing. And again, it, it, it won't be right for everyone, but I, you know, it's a new solution that is really great gaining fast adoption in the market. So if anyone has any questions on the side or just otherwise, um, more than happy to engage and, and kind of provide detail wherever possible on, on co-sourcing. Yeah, great. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. James, thank you for your time. Thank everybody on the webinar for their time as well. Very much appreciated. I hope everybody learned something today or took away something that's interesting and uh, have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to everybody soon. See ya. Great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everyone. Yep. Thanks, James. Bye.